Barney, will you get this thing fixed while I'm still young? Just one little second, Fred, then I'll have it. There. Okay, let's spin a disc. In 2008, Lil Wayne released the Carter Three, and that album changed the way the world saw Lil Wayne. He became one of the biggest rappers on the planet. And what's really special about that time is when you become the biggest, you start to attract everyone who wants to be next to you. All the rappers, all the artists, all the producers who want to stand next to the best. And it's interesting because Wayne, growing up with the Hot Boys, he went from being, you know, the little brother to the big dog. It seemed very natural that the big dog started to bring all these little puppies around him, started to move with a unit, and he called it Young Money. And you know, Young Money's been around Wayne for a while, but between 2008 and 2009, it really seemed like Wayne was focusing on the successors that he was picking. To, to not take the throne, but to sit next to him. And I think that the, the moment that we seen his vision for the future was when Young Money released their compilation album, We Are Young Money. And it, it's not a groundbreaking album, but it did show that Lil Wayne was not standing by himself. And that there was a chance that he may have picked some of the next artists who were going to be the biggest in the world. This is the Something to Say podcast. Young money, guys. Young moolah, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you try to reach them Wayne levels, it like it gets real croaky. In the I, I don't think Wayne could hit that no more either. Yeah, yeah, I wonder can Wayne really get to it? Like, how like, is Wayne still good for a young moolah, baby? Nah, I I don't think so. It's, it's been ten years, right? Ten years. Since the We Are Young Money compilation released December 21st, 2009. So he's been saying it forever. I, I don't think his voice can do it again. I, I think it's I think it's burnt. Is it that, that part is over now? Yeah. I think best worst case scenario, Lil Wayne writes as an email being like, screw you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he sends like a You don't know my life. Right? <laughs> a voice note. <laughs> <laughs> Stand corrected, yo. <laughs> so I I know for sure I haven't heard this album in at least six years. Like yeah. I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know when I retired it. Cause I definitely was a big enough Wayne fan 
where anything Little Wayne between 2006 and 2011, I was playing blindly. Like you didn't didn't have to force me to listen to anything Wayne. Like I was up on it. So I definitely played this when it first leaked. Like the moment it hit the net, I was on it. And uh, I can tell like a young yo just really liked Wayne because playing this album now, I don't know why I played it so much. <laughs> Wait, you played it more than once? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'll probably write with this album for it. If it came out in December 21st, I definitely played it through Christmas, through New Year's, probably tapped out around March and uh, never went back. But I tried. Like I, I remember trying to like this album because I was such a big fan of Wayne. I was already on the Drake wave. I thought Drake had something. Uh, I was I was a fan of Nicki, and uh, you know it's everyone else's on the album. Everyone else, <laughs> that's no disrespect. <laughs> Jay Mills is on the album. Uh, Gotta go to T Streets. Uh, Tag is on the album. You know there is a a great collection of names. Yeah, you know they had personality. Yeah, but uh, yeah. they I can't- go ahead. No, I was just trying to imagine the cognitive dissonance, right? Because this is coming, like you said, on the tail end of this incredible run that Lil Wayne has had, transitioning from like essentially like a hot boy to like Cash Money's last standing solo act, pretty much. Yeah. Like Cash Money's big successor. Um, so I get that. Listening to it in 2020, though, it has me wondering, like, what did I, what did people <laughs> even see or hear in this literal toilet shit since they love to talk potty humor so much? I mean, I think it was one of those things where <clears throat> that was an interesting summer, right? Because if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that. Wasn't that the same year that uh, that that uh, Big Sean and Ludacris had a little dust up over that style, over that uh, over his uh, oh over his metaphor, the super his duper There was a dust up between Ludacris and Big Sean. Well, it never was an official dust up because I don't think either of them ever said each other's name, or it didn't get to that kind of point. But there was supposed to be an under an underlying thing of like, you know, the whole uh, hang it up flat screen, like that whole style of rap was what a lot of artists in this time period were doing. Drake was doing it, Nicki was doing it, Big Sean was doing it, and I guess something that came up to where Ludacris was either someone had asked Ludacris about. It. I forget exactly what was how it came up, but. I guess there was some blowback from either Big Sean claiming to be the inventor of that style or Ludacris feeling like that was something that he had been doing since before these young kids came out, whatever the case is. I always just remember that time period of Young Money through that dust up and they're all there like saccharine uh, high fructose corn syrup rap songs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of diabetes in this album. Man. Wow. Man. Uh, hold on, let me see. Because I remember the Ludacris, Big Sean. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't remember exactly how it went, but I just know him and Sean had some tension behind 
who was the leader of, the, of yeah. this rap flow. I th- this is nothing to argue over, guys. <laughs> I don't think you should want to necessarily no, listen, claim this. I, listen, during that time period, though, that's what people liked. Like, like this, like, like I said, Nicki was using this, Drake was using this, Big Sean mm-hmm. was doing this. I mean, these are the biggest mm-hmm. new artists of that time period. It was, it all was, it was a style. I think it I, was a style. Like, I think this album came out right before it actually happened because before that, okay. I think Luda, the Magic Bad record, is when he used the flow. Right, um, right, yes, and Nicki's yes, on there. Yes, yes, yes. So like Nikki's that, that's oh. the thing. It was, it was this very odd moment where. Big Sean had the super duper lemonade song, and he had kind of called the super duper flow. Yeah, he had kind of made the hashtag flow his own, and mm. somewhere Ludacris wanted credit. Like I can't remember how exactly it happened, and then Luda used it on that song as almost like mm-hmm. uh, as a let me take this back, let me take back what's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under, understand that I've been doing this way before you, Big Sean. He had the the Macy Day Parade bar, I believe, or something to do with balloons. It was there. Ba- you go. It was oh, bad. Yeah. It was oh bad. God. It was. I wish. Oh I God. wish it never happened. But I think I'm glad you brought this up, job, because it does show that. Like, I just feel like whatever Young Money was doing in this time period was not going to age well. Like they just seemed mm. the the music seems oddly trendy because it's just is like it doesn't sound like radio. Like playing these songs, it's like what were they making? I mean, but those songs were like like even bedrock. Like huge. I know it's a song about huge. sex. It was a huge record, but it sounds huge. like a song that you would hear on like the Teletubby soundtrack. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> It's like a children's song. It's a. It's literally a jingle. Like right. even the beat sounds like a jingle. Like <laughs> it's some Looney Tunes shit. Yeah, it's some Looney Tunes, and they made this like one of the biggest records of the year with a bunch of new artists. <laughs> like it was crazy. Like whatever they pulled off in that moment, they had convinced people that this is what's hot. Even if it was like a magic trick that no one ever figured out until now. <laughs> <laughs> they still convinced everybody that this is hot. Like Bedrock was playing in the club full of grown people. Yeah, in their thirties. <laughs> yeah, they had Lloyd on the hook, and at this point, this is where Lloyd can't miss. And they have yeah, him yeah on Lloyd's that. on fire. He, they have him on that. Even every girl, like this is a yeah. very, <sighs> very horny album. <laughs> yeah, that was the first horny, thing. But like, it is. It's co- but it's college horny. It is. It's, it's like it's like freshman yeah. year, like an eighteen year old horny. Like, it literally hot. is college humor horny. So yeah. that's exactly what it is. I'm glad like, you were Asher Ross could have been in Young Money and been Stop. on this album, and he would have been right in line with everything <laughs> that was going on. Legit. I think that's what I they should have did. They should have made Asher Ross comparison. the white rapper. Was, they should have made him the white rapper of Young Money. <laughs> They should have. This that is, was an L. This is like the HBCU of frat rap. Yes. Yes. This is yes. This is the Howard of frat rap. <laughs> They're going to be so mad They're going to be hot at that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's true because the mansion in Bedrock, which I believe was Lil Wayne's actual mansion. I could be wrong, but. That wouldn't surprise it, me. It, it definitely has like a frat rap type of setting. It's just like dudes on dudes, like 
just kind of <laughs> hanging out with one another. And then for whatever reason, Nikki has her dollhouse themed bedroom just all the way in the corner. Yeah, you know, yeah, Drake's yeah, knocking yeah. on her door, but Nikki's still curbing him. You know, been curbing Drake since 2010. That's crazy. And it, and then you have a child running around, <laughs> little Chucky. <laughs> It doesn't make Chucky. any sense. Yeah, I met little Chucky and his family, and they're very nice people. Yeah, I don't know how they ended up in Young Money. Well, <laughs> I do know how because I mean, I'm sure that I mean, if Lil Wayne tells you, "Yo, like, I want to sign your son," like, of course mm-hmm. you're gonna say, "Hey, yes, you should absolutely sign my son, Lil Wayne, the most famous rapper in the world right now." Right. But little Chucky didn't get anything out of that. Only only a few people got anything out of this Young Money thing. It's crazy because I do feel that at this particular moment, we are at the edge of our seats trying to figure out how this dynasty is going to evolve. You know, as Yo said, you have Drake already out and you have Nikki as well. I found a review where Tyga is referred to as a teenage sensation, which good for him. But teenage it was sensation. Like, Tiger was like twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> no, was he really? No, he was not. <laughs> he was. I don't think he was teenage. I don't think he was teenage when Better Rock was going no, on. because he was because he was dating Kylie Jenner like a little bit after that. And she was only fourteen or whatever. Look, no, that's not fourteen. What? But like, look, I think I think Tiger got his start as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was with Pete Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been around for a while. He's been around now, a little bit. Now how he ended up in Young Money really is the question. Because, I mean, he went from He was definitely the, the oldest Young Money person. He might have been older than Wayne. No, no, no. But you have Jay Mills, who was a cool 33. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on. Mac Main was yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yes, uh, gutta, yes. Gutta, I don't think was ever 20. So I think gotta, <laughs> just I think skip gotta, straight to thirty after yeah, getting yeah, yeah, down yeah. the gotta, gotta just Okay, got em- it. Emerged, but like thirty. This is this is kind of interesting that the fact that this album has so many like super seniors. Like there was just so many guys who were super seniors who were obviously the oldest should be getting ready to graduate, and then you have the rookies oh, like yeah. Drake and Nicki who were exciting to watch. So that's the thing. Like, that I think that's like the biggest flaw in Young Money was. The, the artists who weren't Drake and Nicki didn't feel like they were going to be fresh. They didn't feel like they were new. They, weren't, they didn't feel like they were building dynasties. They felt like they had been hanging out with Wayne long enough to jump on a couple of album cuts. You know, it's just, it mm-hmm. wasn't that they were just like talentless, but they weren't exciting. But like every yeah. time Drake was rapping, every, every Nicki verse, I think Nicki has five verses on the album. I think they're all good. I don't think Nicki has like a bad verse on the album. For that, for that period, for, right? For that period, right? Like it's it, it, it set her up, like it really right. set her up. I think Drake too. Like the songs weren't good, but I feel like the way uh-huh. they performed made you feel like okay, this is the these are the ones he's placing the bet on, right? And then Tiger. I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were what you gonna say about Tiger? <laughs> when he appears on the album, I I, was, I think he's like five tracks in before Tiger appears. And at first, I was like, what is he doing here? And then he starts rapping, and I was like, he fits right in. It's just like they yeah. all, they all everyone fits into this album. Because they all sound like they've been following Wayne. They've been rapping with Wayne. And but they like, literally sound like his children. Like they, they everyone do. on there sounds like children. Like Even the, the children sound like children, and the grown people sound like children. But that's why we wow. are young money. 
Yes, we are young. I mean, they were living up to the name. Like, you know, you're only as old as you feel. And no one felt old in the making of this album. There's no maturity at all in this album. Like, there's a song called White Beater. And it's (laughs) like, come on. Yeah. Right. There's no maturity here. And I think that was kind of part of the stick was that we're like the youngest gang. But like like to the point they actually had actual children signed to the label. But <laughs> they were like they were like baby's kids of rats. <laughs> they were. <laughs> like just uncontrollable, unruly, like Drake is trying to talk to the girl and the other one is throwing his lunch across the room and Jay Mills is over it because he's old and he's looking at everybody like, why am I here with these kids? And Wayne is just in the corner looking cool because he's like, yeah, this is cool. We're in class, not doing shit. I know. Well, yeah, I guess like (laughs) when we're talking about family resemblance, we have to talk about the fact that it's like a very specific Lil Wayne because I revisited the Carter 2 over the weekend as well. And that is a completely different Lil Wayne. That Lil Wayne is still trying to prove that he's the best rapper alive, but he went ahead and made that assertion just so that he can match up to that. At this point, Lil Wayne's boasting about have tef- having 10 different bathrooms to take a shit in. And that's where people are picking back up. It's like, okay, bet. N- Nikki's going to talk about, you know, climbing on top, at- making an asbestos joke in like a horny verse. And it was just like, looking back on that, I understand the technical proficiency, but I'm like, do you really want to invoke asbestos? How many people of this age even know what asbestos is? Like, I feel like asbestos was a thing, like, when I, like, I'm about to be 40, like, I was a kid and they were talking about asbestos poisoning people. Like, what kids know now about asbestos in 2009? Like, Good point. Yo, did you know what asbestos was? I did not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying that that name that that nope. word was like a thing you would hear on the news, and it was like a regular thing. People being poisoned by asbestos in like <laughs> buildings and shit. But that's not anything the kids know about in 2009. Where did you pull? Like, I feel like that was something where Nikki just been hanging out with her aunt or something for a real <laughs> long time. Like, where did you even pull that bar from to even be thinking about asbestos? Like, that's she, crazy. she has a song, the Hedgehog line that I was also like, "What you playing, you playing Sega <laughs> yeah. before the studio session?" But that's yeah, but that's what I kind of like about these Nikki verses. They're all kind of unorthodox, right? Like they're, whim- they're whimsical. They all are. Yeah. But, but here's my question, though: Did did the other, some of the others I get, but did Drake and Nikki actually need Young Money? Like, if they hadn't, if this album existed without them, and they had just, you know, if Drake had just rode, um. Uh, 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 so far gone into the wind and Nikki had just rode you know her early mixtapes and rode Itty Bitty Piggy and these other songs that were you know popular at that time into the wind and then just put out albums like I mean that's I mean obviously there were hit records on here so I'm not gonna act like that didn't help but mm-hmm. I just wonder did they even need that on their path because these are records they really perform as solos I haven't seen Drake perform any of these songs he's not talking about Shake and Bake Ricky Bobby yeah, oh. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I didn't see this one on the set list when I went to the when I went oh, to the Drake concert. I didn't see this one on the list. Uh, okay, my my response to that question is they don't need it now, but what this album did do for them is radio. It put them for sure. Bedrock and every girl was on oh every radio station. Oh my god! Every radio station. And I think they needed so to 
have that presence because I think both of them were coming into that moment where they were going to be radio mainstays. But having an in-between period where you are on the radio and you're on the radio with the biggest rapper in the world, like it just helps your brand. For you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. I, I think they probably look back on some of these songs and maybe be a little ashamed by them. So, you know, I'm not surprised they don't perform them. But at that time, coming into the 2010s, I, I don't think it could have worked out any better for them. You needed to mm-hmm. have that presence. And Wayne just gave it to them. Yeah, he sure did. True. True. That's very, he very true. sure did. You know. No, I think those are all excellent points. Like, really, I look at those hit singles as like just super easy passive income. Because like you said, yo, these artists were in these in-between stages where they had built up a considerable amount of height, but whatever was coming next, like just over the horizon was going to be like a big deal for them. And it was going to make a much bigger, grander statement. So in the meantime, it helps to have, you know, that money just like coming in through your mailbox and, you know, sustaining you until the shit actually drops. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and then Wayne took them on tour. So they were performing every night. You might as well have records to perform together. I do think that's another part of the compilation pitch is, you know, Wayne had Nicki and Drake on the road. He also had Tiger on the road. He had Young Money on the road. And we probably need records to perform, you know. So why not go in the studio and cut some fun records? Like, you can tell, like Christina said, this is a different Wayne. Even though I like that shit all day, line the 10 bathrooms like it, <laughs> yes, it, it even line. now i laugh like in the club that's one of my if the dj plays that song in the club or in the party like that's one of my favorite parts to say out loud <laughs> steady mob is a great record steady mobbing is an amazing it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those rare moments where he doesn't phone it in it is just fun. And then there's a Gucci verse there. The beat's hard. It's, I wish there was more Steady Mobbins on this tape. And that's what I'm most intrigued by is they were able to pull this album off, have hit records, and yet somehow those songs really don't have any life after that, what, 2010, 11 period? Like, like this whole album just disappeared. Like you, you can go outside and never hear these songs. People don't talk about this album. It's not the. It's not gonna get the big anniversary stories or anything like that. They're not talking. Like even the members of Young Money don't bring this shit up. No. Yeah, it no, was so big at the time. But that's the weird part about it is like for these records to be this big and for this thing, this Young Money thing to be so big, it's like. It's just weird that none of these records really stuck, as far as the. These, none of these records are important to any of these artists' careers anymore. And that's just mm-hmm. a weird thing to me. Yeah, I think the thing is with We Are Young Money is that it was so of the moment and it satisfied every urge for a hashtag rap or punchline rap or whatever that we could possibly ask for. But the key is that everything that came thereafter with Young Money was like the future of rap. And I think that's where our attention's sort of went to. It was like all of a sudden we were focused on how 
Drake was singing and rapping at the same time, even though that shit was nothing new. The way that he pulled it off felt very <laughs> much like in the future. I will acknowledge that. And then, of course, with Nikki, we were so confounded by how she was delivering these punchlines and these bars while simultaneously courting the Ellen DeGeneres audience, which was definitely a novelty back then, even though we take it for granted now. So I think that's what ended up happening. It's just that at one point, young money sounded like the present. And then before you knew it, it sounded like the future. That's a good take. Is And it's so true how Drake and Nikki were perfectly positioned to look like they were ahead of everybody. Like Nikki's branding was just different. Like, you know, everyone could see the little Kim in her, but she's rapping next to Wayne and she's like barring up and she had the personality and she had the voices and she had like all these things that, that felt like, oh, this is a complete package. You know, it, her and Drake did not seem like works in progress. They came completely prepared. They had like a talent, a skill set, and a move that other artists on the commercial side weren't really performing. So it made them look like, oh, is this the future of rap? You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't really remember a, a, a rapper calling herself like a Barbie. That's not something I can really fathom hearing like when I was like 15, 16, 17, listening to the radio, looking at Trina and BET, Foxy Brown, like all of these women rappers, Shauna, so many great women rappers. But I don't think anyone had ever took that persona. And then with Drake and singing and rapping, it was the way Drake kind of doubled down on being the, the singer rapper. Like he owned it. And I think that's really what he gets credit for is like making it seem like those two things doing them simultaneously did not make him a weaker artist. It made him a stronger artist. Well, I, well, to that point, like I want to say two things. A, to your main to your last point about about Drake and the singing and rapping. Like I remember. I remember being at Tree Sound when Drake might have been coming later that night. He wasn't. He wasn't there as in the story that I'm telling, but like uh, Boy Wonder and like a bunch of guys who, you know, produce and work with OVO came to Tree Sound. And I remember I remember talking to Boy Wonder and talking about so, talking about the tape. Like, yo, this tape is crazy. Like he said, yo, he said Drake didn't want to. He said first he was kind of on the fence about singing. Like he didn't necessarily want to do it. And we just like kept telling him to do it, do it, do it, do it. And once he finally like, like to your point, yo, once he finally owned it and was like, all right, I'm going to do this, he was out of here. Like he was a whole nother artist. But he said Drake wasn't with it initially. Like he was kind of like fighting against that thing. But also you got to, I mean, at that point, like, this is still young Drake, who's you know favorite rappers of Fonte and Pusha T, or the Clips and all these type of guys. So it's like, yeah, in his mind, he probably thought like, nah, I just need these bars or whatever, whatever. Like Fonte wasn't a full ass singer at that point, and like these guys aren't singing. Like he probably wanted what he wanted. He wanted that you know that Jay Z effect, and, and you know, but um, and then to the other point, how many rappers sign artists or? have the ability to connect with younger artists who are already fully formed projects. Like most of the time you see an artist, you know, when there's a big artist, they sign other artists who they're working on to like get right. 
and I don't know how many four-leaf clovers Lil Wayne got. Uh, I don't know how many horseshoes or rabbit's feet or wishbones he broke. Whatever it is, but like to have Drake and Nicki fall in your lap at the same time is crazy. I don't even know if people really appreciate how crazy that is. Like, never mind the album and whether you like the songs or anything. I'm just talking about the situation of. Lil Wayne, Drake, and Nicki all happening at the same time in the same space and them coming as their own entities. Like, not like, it wasn't like the man's in them. Like, you know, I mean, God bless them all, but like Chucky and Twist and all, those were the man's in them. Like, Drake and Nicki weren't the man's in them. Drake and Nicki were like, oh yeah, like, we're the vice president and secretary of state. Like, if you die, we're ready to govern. <laughs> it, like, it seemed that way, and then Wayne it, it just to, felt that way, you know. And Wayne went to jail. This and, is a, and Wayne went to jail. This is around the time when Wayne had just caught that gun charge, which I still think is one of the most craziest moments in hip hop history. Is that at this run, he's about to get ready and sit down for a year. So technically, he did kind of die, and they did come and govern. Yeah, they did come and govern, and did they govern? They really govern. And, and they they govern. Drake, Drake, and Nicki both came through, and 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 stole these moments. Like, if you were an artist coming up, like, do we even remember who was competing with Drake? Not at all. Like, who I was, have no <laughs> idea who was new with that. <laughs> Who was new that mattered? I, I, st- I still think the biggest thing about that time period that I can't stress enough. Maybe Wiz Khalifa. I mean, Wiz was high. But like, remember, Exhibit C had dropped in December, too. True. So you have the Young oh. Money album, which is super commercial bubblegum. And now you've got Exhibit C and Just Blaze. Right. So right. Drake has a bidding war going on, but also Jay Electronica has a bidding war going on. Mm. And Puffy wants Jay elect Jay-Z wants Jay elect Everyone's making it seem like the 2010s is about to be hip hop, not commercial, not bubblegum shit. That's why Drake caught a lot of flack about being the sensitive rapper, because it was like, this is not your time. Like, it's about to be a, a hip hop time. And, it, and, and Jay like didn't drop an album. Like, signs, signed to The Rock, didn't drop. Mm-hmm. Drake didn't stop dropping. Right. I think that makes right, all right. the difference. Like, who was going to compete with Drake's output? I don't think no one was ready for Drake to go on the run that he went on. He did nah, not, not stop. Well, I mean, except for maybe Wayne, because Wayne really set the tone with his run at this mm-hmm. particular moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a year off for him means going on tour. Um, but aside from that, he's just releasing project after project, freestyle after freestyle. And you still see people taking after that template to this day. Hell, during this quarantine, Drake has been doing nothing but releasing records and Tootsie Slides from his big old empty mansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has yeah, I'll somebody else. Well, I tell you somebody else that probably saw it coming. Kanye saw it coming. Oh shit. You're right. Kanye saw it coming because this is the time when like you really see Kanye start to feel like threatened. You start to see Kanye be like insecure about what's going on. And like, you know, when he when he talks about, you know, uh being around Drake or uh I, I don't I forget what interview it is. I don't know if it was the Zane Lowe or something else, but where Kanye talks about like being 
uh, Drake's energy and like he knew that there was a new energy coming around and he kind of couldn't control it. He couldn't do anything about it. And he's like, try to get down with the energy at first. He tried to befriend the energy. Then, yeah, I'll produce this record for your your debut album. Yeah, yeah, I'll direct your video, your your very first video. Yeah, I'll be involved and like be close to you. And then, you know, then all Daniel's son ain't Daniel's son. And he's kicking Mr. Miyagi's ass <laughs> up, and up, up and down the street, and, and and Kanye starts feeling some type of way about it. I really, wow. I really wish I could see through Kanye's eyes how he looked at Drake, because I do believe at first he was like, "Oh, this kid is dope," but somewhere that turned into something ugly. Because you can just tell, like, something about Drake just ate at him. And I don't really know what it is. And I, I wonder if it's something he saw in the studio. Did Drake... I think he... Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think he... I think he asked himself, too. I think he said two things. He said, damn, this kid is dope. Is he doper than me? <laughs> and I think from that moment on, I think he was a rap for Kanye. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess it's hard to look at the future. Like when you're the guy and you're like Kanye West, this is especially like Kanye West after 808. So he's getting ready to go mm-hmm. into my dark twisted fantasy. He's about to get ready to go into the Taylor Swift fiasco. He's probably also feeling like, okay, I'm the biggest artist in the world, but you know, Wayne's the biggest rapper. And this mm-hmm. is, this is Wayne's guy. And he, you know, yay loves Wayne. But I think it's because Ye and Wayne don't do the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say there's enough distance between them where he didn't have to feel threatened by Wayne. I can appreciate Because I can never do what Wayne does and Wayne can never do what I do. Right, because Wayne never tried to make a graduation and he never tried to make an 808 and heartbreaks. But Drake, oh man, he saw Drake. He was like, this man can do what I do. Yeah, this artsy, this artsy, hipster, emotional hip-hop this cold these cold sounds this these not this music isn't warm like i'm coming off some like you know kanye's in this cold period where like all the soul samples weren't warm and cheery anymore it was like everything was desolate and and bitter and like there's this guy coming from cold ass canada (laughs) he's got curly hair he was on tv (laughs) he was on tv where where do they find this whatever it takes Yeah, yeah 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 I imagine I imagine it's how like I imagine it's how the Avengers looked at Thanos. <laughs> like in my mind, that's probably how like damn bro, like I don't know, dog. We might be in trouble. Man. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Drake was a snap. But that's the that's the wild part about this Young Money album is that as much as you can kind of see the potential between Nikki, Drake, and even Wayne's run continuing to some degree, you can't really predict their future. Right? Like you really don't Whoa. know who is gonna go far. Even with like uh Jay Mills or Gutta Gutta Tiger, like there's these guys. I, I really like Short Dog. I think past the Dutch. It's a record that I really liked on this record. I thought Short Dog and Wayne always made good records together. Very underrated collaboration between those two. But uh-huh. it it never felt like anyone cemented themselves as the the heir to the throne. 
everyone just kind of played their role. So I thought that was mm-hmm. a very interesting way of listening to New Magic. This album it was like, who's trying to stand out? And realistically, like no one really. Like everyone's yeah. just kind of playing their role, and Wayne's doing right. his thing. So you can kind of tell, like even as like potential stars, no one forgot Wayne is the biggest. No right. one. It's Wayne. It's his. It's 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 like his album, but he doesn't even really contribute the most. I like when I consider like how much Wayne does in the album. It doesn't feel like he oversaturates the album. But like you can just feel it in how everyone reacts to him and how they kind of wrap around him. Like this is the sun, and we orbit mm-hmm. the sun. Mm-hmm. Much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a definitely a different vibe compared to only. Do you guys remember that that Nicki Minaj song where yep. it's like Wayne and Drake, and the first line is literally "I never fucked Wayne, I never fucked Drake." I was like, <laughs> "What in the Game of Thrones is this? Yeah. This is so weird." Yeah, she, um... definitely couldn't have predicted that shit after listening to "We Are Young Money." No way. <laughs> That's yeah, such a weird I mean, song. I, I was respecting Nikki though because like it, they, she let that whole rumor, that whole talk play out for a long time before she finally got on the record and said that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like by the time she said that, like people had been asking that question or talking about that in mumbled hushed voices for like at least a year or going mm. on a year before she finally she just let it bubble and bubble and bubble and bubble and bubble and, bubble and then finally she was like. All right, this is the song. This is gonna be the one. So let me go ahead and. and that's how I'm gonna start the song, just so we are all yeah, clear. Yeah, off top. Well, yeah, is it gonna be hidden? Is it, we're not gonna bury the lead here. <laughs> we're gonna get, yeah. we're gonna get right to the point. Like, and this is young. Young money and sex are so weird. Because even though Nikki's trying to lay down the law and be like, listen. We were chaste. There was nothing happening between us. We Lil Wayne and Drake just got on to like ogle her in the following verses. So you're like, is this what you have to deal with, Nikki? Like, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this. It's kind of anyway. funny how like whenever they all get together, they just get immature. Like they're really <laughs> they're, they're childish. <laughs> they can't grow up around each other for whatever reason. Like they've all kind of grown up. But you pit those three together in a room and someone's going to make a sex joke. They just just revert back to their past selves, like humor included, like back when they were roommates or housemates or whatever. Are we ever going to see them together again? I don't know, man. It got weird. It got very weird. Like the Nikki and Meek situation in retrospect was ridiculous. Like, I don't even really fully fathom the fact that Meek Mill was dating Nicki Minaj. Like, I, like, what in, you know, Love and Hip Hop is that storyline? Like, who like who wrote that out? Because it's just like, I just never, I never really felt like I ever saw them running in the same circles where that would make sense. Like, where did they meet? Who spoke to who? A, like, what happened there? And then... Well, I mean... I mean, they, two of the, they, they were two young artists who were like... They were kind of, I mean, Mickey, Nicki was obviously a bigger artist as far as her hit records go, but they were both kind of in that young new artist space. I, I don't know, man. I feel like at that point, Nicki was pretty established. I think Meek For was. Sure. Yeah. I think Meek was more so the young gunner that, even though Meek had been around mm. for a while, I feel like Meek was like about peaking. He's he's coming up. He's exciting to watch. Nicki at this point is very defined. 
And mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that's like kind of interesting about their their relationship was that it seemed like, you know, Nikki had picked like that next young guy. Like this is the next hot young rapper. And it seemed like, okay, that's cool. But then when the Drake beef happened, like it got weird. Cause it, it seemed like no one wanted to pick a side all of a sudden. And the guy, they got real like quiet about that, mm-hmm. about that tension, obviously. And then, you know, Drake pointed to the elephant in the room about how your girl's a bigger artist than you. And obviously, like, when you got back to back playing all summer, you know, like, how does that, like, it's, it got really strange. And then obviously they had a little breakup and then they, Wayne and Nikki, they, they did, they did, they did one record, like the No Fraud record. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been the last time they all been together. And, and like, what was that? Was that like supposed to show like solidarity to each other? You know, where was that when the, when the beef was happening? And like, why not? Like everything about, and after that, we really don't, we don't see too much. Like obviously Drake and Wayne seem to have a pretty good relationship still. But we don't really see them around each other too much. And with Nikki, she just seems to kind of be on the outskirts. Like, still cool with them. But there's a big separation, I believe, a divide that keeps Young Money not as close-knit as they used to be. Mm. Yeah. I guess they have their own respective kingdoms now. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think maybe yeah. sometimes you outgrow the shadow. You move yeah, out I mean, the frat house. Yeah, you move out the frat house and you get your own place and you get life insurance and health insurance. And <laughs> Not life insurance. You buy a new car and yeah. go about your business and you do your job. They're all about to have kids. Nikki's about to have a, a child. She hasn't had the right. child already. You know, Drake just had his son. Wayne has about 10 kids. So, you know, they've they've grown up. They've grown out of being young money and now they're medium money. It's medium Medium. money. Wow. Middle middle age money. Wow. (laughs) They're not old money yet, you know, but like they've they've grown up in some in some degree. So I I would love a a reunion show, a office style young money reunion. <laughs> office style. Yes. yes. But are we going to get the cuts to like the separate interviews where we really get to that's hear what, what they that's really That's what think? I want. That's what I want. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please. That would actually be really funny. Like Nikki is Pam <laughs> and, and, and Drake and Drake is I don't Michael want Drake Scott. to be Jim. That's too obvious. No, no, no. Drake has to be Michael Scott. Is, 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 is. He has to be Drake. Drake has to, absolutely has to be Michael Scott, and Wayne has to be Stanley. That's what. That's actually what I want. Tiger's okay. Dwight. Tiger Stop. can for sure be Dwight. Tiger Stop. can for sure be Dwight. A thousand percent. Uh, who's and Jim? Lil, and Lil and Lil Twist. Lil Twist can be uh uh uh, uh what is uh. What is the girl's boyfriend? The guy, uh, what's the blonde lady? And the guy, Angela. Yes, Angela's boyfriend. <laughs> uh, whatever his name, I can't think of his actual name on the show now. That's so crazy. I think. But yeah, Lil Twist can be him. I think. Oh my uh, god! Dang, that's actually pretty good. I, I like how we laid it out there. Yeah, please make it happen, somebody. Yeah, we need somebody to. We, we, we need to see that. We need to see that. Uh, Jay Mills could be Creed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah, Jake yeah, Mills. Yeah, 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 yeah no, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways this could go. It'd be great. It would be great. We give, that, we give away a lot of good ideas on this show, man. Yeah, they don't be hearing us, bro. We give away a lot of good ideas on this show, bro. Who are we invoicing? Dunder Mifflin, <laughs> Young Money. Yes, yes. Dunder Mifflin, care of Young Money. I mean, I guess like if you're a paper company and this Young Money is still paper, like you know, it's still yeah, 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 yeah. There's, it's, there's, it's, all of this is very on boom. brand. There's, there's some continuity there. There's some continuity yeah, 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 there that's yeah, yeah, very it's, natural. It's, I I am here for it. I wish I wish rap labels were like businesses like that. Like we look, we look back at them like businesses. It's like how was your business? Like when was your your highs and when was your lows? And you know what's the lasting impact of your business? And I, I can say that Young Money, as as a rap label, it was a, an unexpected moment in history for them to like kind of reign for like a summer, reign for a year, and then to break off and be like mighty forces. And even Tiger, let's, let's not discredit the fact that Tiger has been on his own personal run. Like Tiger yeah, is- no, Tiger turned into a star. We have a whole episode based on this. I, 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 I know, but I, I didn't want to discredit him on, in this Young Money episode because he did, he didn't stay in Wayne Shadow. He didn't stay in Drake or Nicki Shadow either. Like he went out and got it. Yeah, no, the hairless dolphin pers- persevered. The fashion nova a rap will live on. Don't yeah, worry about it, yo. Yeah. It's fine. The imprint yeah, is no. there. No, he did. He did what he was supposed to do. I mean, he was probably the most um, outside of the big three that we keep talking about. Like, he probably was the most um, benefited the most from all of this. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he kind of had, he, he kind of had his own thing going, but for the style of music that he was doing, this was like right up his alley because all his subsequent hit records were pretty much going to be, you know, adored by people that are pretty much that are relatively younger than him. Right. You know, that's when a- I went to that Tiger show. It was a very young audience in there. It was like. Little girls who think all Tiger songs are cute, and they, you know, like, you're you're right cute. though. He doubled down on the Young Money format, like he really took it to clubs. He took it to strip clubs. Mm-hmm. He he made them radio songs. Like he kind of saw the formula there. Where Drake, I think Drake wanted to mature out of the frat rap and just be like a hit maker. Nicki wanted to define herself as like an icon, but Tiger Tiger said, "I'm going to run the clubs." Yeah. And he is. Wow. And these kids are going to listen to me. Yeah. I'm the one. Yeah. I didn't think we'd be making a case for a Tyga and familial resemblance, but here we are. Here this is what we do. Here we fucking are. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a podcast. It's, it's a podcast. <laughs> well, you've been listening to the Something to Say podcast produced in the SWATs by Michael Saba. Um, if you are interested in helping to support this podcast, which we greatly, greatly appreciate since we are doing so in a pandemic, doing so virtually, uh, head over to patreon.com slash something to say.